This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen, amen. Well, this is the sixth week in our series, Spiritual Apathy. How many want to hear a joke? <laughs> Wake up. So I was about a 92-year-old man. He wasn't feeling well one day, and so he decided to go to the doctor and have a checkup. A few days later, the doctor saw him out walking down the street, and there was a beautiful lady by his side. And he seemed to be just as, as, as happy as he could be. The doctor was kind of surprised, and he said, man, wow, you sure are doing better. And the man said, yes, doctor, I just took your orders. And he said, you told me to get a hot mama and stay cheerful. The doctor said, I didn't say that. I said, you have a heart murmur. Be careful. <laughs> well, amen. Thank God for hearing. Amen. So praise God. Our text, Lord forgive me, our text, Revelation 2.4 and Revelation 2.6, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. And we've talked about that each week. It was Jesus' message to his church. That's what this whole series is about, returning back to our first love returning back to that, that, you know, if you think, if you can think a time in your life, now watch this, this is really revealing. If you can think a time in your life where you were more passionate about the Lord and the things of God than you are right now, perhaps maybe there's some lukewarmness in your life. Amen, Pastor Mike. Possibly. And he said, you've abandoned first love. And then he talked about how you hated the works of the Nicolaitans. We talked about that, what that meant. And Jesus actually said, I hate that, that works. And it was the, the, the works of the Nicolaitans was a doctrine of compromise. And basically it was, you have one foot in the world and one foot in, in the church. And you didn't need to be so strict in your faith. You didn't need to be so strict in, in separating from the world. And hey, I'm just like the world. But yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. I got my Christian label. I can remember... Oh, this is going to be revealing. So we've took trips, many trips to the New Orleans Mardi Gras. And probably over 20, 20 trips, 20 years going down there, Bourbon Street. Some of you have been down there with us uh, taking these trips. And what I get the most persecution from, watch this now. The most persecution we're on the streets, those of you who've been there know what I'm talking about, is usually the Christians who have no separation or identity from those that are in the world of the church. They stand there with their beer and their big tubes and they're just drunk and they're breathing on you and they're cursing and they're like, I'm a Christian, man. I know Jesus. Somewhere there's a disconnect. Okay? You are to be in this world, but not of this world. Can I get it? Amen. That's the truth. That's the word of God. I mean, here's the thing. You know, we've heard the, the, the thing about the tortoise and, you know, in, in the hare, the turtle and the rabbit. Remember, the rabbit takes off and runs quick, but the tortoise, he just stays steady. Our Christian walk, watch this, our Christian walk is like a turtle. It really should be because there are times I run out ahead for God. And how many know if he's back here, I'm ahead of him. Amen. But sometimes I'm a little bit way too slow and God's moving me forward. And a turtle, he stays consistent. Somebody shout consistent. 
consistently moving forward. Like you got up this morning. You know what? Why? Church was on your mind. You came to worship God. It's weather. It's bad. It's, it's blowing. It's blizzard conditions. You know what? They haven't canceled. You come to church. Yeah, I'm talking about we got to use wisdom in the times of that. Amen? We've had head canceled. But, but the point is, is um, you know, there's a separation. There's a separation. And we can be in this world, but not of this world. How many see that say amen? And so last week, we kind of ended when we talked about how godly people can affect our life for the good. Godly people, they can help us in our spiritual formation. And I ask why? Because that's part of God's design. That's part of God's design for our lives. And we talked about how other Christians can help us in our spiritual journey. First uh, Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of of Christ. Why? Why should we do that? Well, this message is in part to inspire you, hear me, to become one of those people that others would follow. Have you thought about that? I mean, there's always someone I'm looking to and seeing their faith, not following them, but following their faith and in their admiration of their lifestyle and go, you know what? I want to emulate that. How many of some godly things you want to emulate? Amen. So, so, so God has that for us and he has people, but I want to challenge you, be the person. I remember my wife one time, she was saying, you know, years ago, she goes, I, I just, there's no women mentors. And she was just kind of bemoaning. She goes, there's no women mentors. Where are the older women in faith that would come and when we were in our 20s and 30s? Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? And I said, honey, they may not be there, but be that woman. And that's what she became. She became that. And so you don't see something that's happening? Let's make it happen. Amen? Let's step up to the plate. Let me just say this. I'm going to touch on this again. God, for this church, is moving us from pastoral orientation. You know what I mean by that? Pastoral orientation is everything goes back to the pastor. I sometimes meet with some of these pastors and their phone's ringing off the hook. And I'm like, why is your phone ringing off the hip? Because you want everyone to go through you. I don't want that. Amen? I want to lift people up. We got a three by 10 on Sunday. That's people in this church that are going to preach for 10 minutes. And it's going to be cool. You need to show up for that. And we're going to continue that. Why? We are an equipping church. My primary role is to equip believers to do the work of the ministry. It's not just to have people to funnel. My phone rings off the hook and I die young. Amen? I don't want to die young. <laughs> just tell me. <laughs> I want to empower the people. There's teaching gifts within you. There's leadership gifts within you. Not everyone's called to teach and preach, but there's leadership gifts. There's coaching gifts within you. There's mentoring gifts. There's hospitality gifts. Amen? And when you're not part of it, you're disconnected, and we suffer. We is in the body of Christ. Amen? We suffer. So this is to inspire you to be an example. God is, is calling us up higher. He's calling us up higher. Amen? So... Uh, so I, I talked about this pastoral orientation. He's moving us from that to, I like to use the word, apostolic orientation. You know what that is? That's sent. An apostolic one is a sent one. So when you come to this church, it's not how, how we filter everything. There's a pastoral component. I'm a pastor. I've, I've functioned in that role. I've been for tw over 25 years. But my passion is equipping believers that they step into what God has placed in their heart. That's, I feel, my job. That's my primary role. So that means I'm not here on a Sunday, but someone else is preaching. I'm doing my job. 
And, and, and there's a meeting that's going on, whether it's women meeting or men or whatever, and, and I'm not able to make that meeting, it's still moving on. I'm doing my job. That's what God, God is not going to say, well, how big was your church when you were on earth? He's, he's not going to ask that. How, how, yeah, I know you, oh, you had a big church, 20,000 people, n- nothing against that. He's going to say, what did you do to help equip? You were called to equip the people and empower them. Because see, if I try to press people, and some, God bless them pastors, try to hold the people down, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just just, just stay in control, kind of like cattling, you know, rousing cattle. Just keep them there, stay in the pen. No, my, if I, how many know if I'm trying to do that, I'm bent over? But if I'm lifting people up, how many know I'm being raised up too, amen? So that's my call. That's my call. I believe that. That's my passion. That's here. So if you say, well, what is Church for Harvest? You say, Church for the Harvest is an equipping church. Can we say that? Say that we say, Church for the Harvest is an equipping church. You just ask some of the people, there's people like, you know, God bless Ivan, came from Glenwood. I mean, it was blizzard conditions there, worse. He came in, he played the drums here this morning. The rest of the worship team, they show up. Those in the sound booth, thank you, Salmons. I mean, and those that help out with the kids and serve. All these things are people being equipped. Stepping out, amen? No, got off track a little bit there, but God is, he's just, I really feel more of an apostolic orientation where people are empowered and they step up to the plate. Life groups are happening. And we just, and, and, and if you've been here long enough, you're gonna know, you know what? He doesn't just say it, he does it. Amen? All right, quickly, <laughs> to, we ended off with last week how people can inspire us in their in their faith, and we talked about inspiring us by example. You know, when you're faced with trouble, how many have ever met somebody that was a Christian? They went through a very devastating situation, and you watched their life. You're watching them. You're watching them, and that's something that's important. We're inspired by that, and I, I ended off with this: that we are either watches. Our life now is either greatly impacting our family, our friends, our church family for good or not so good, right? For good or not so good. But the truth of the matter is, your life, either way, has an impact. Has an impact. Don't don't think it does not. So moving on. Number two, encourage you when you need help. Encourage you when you need help. Um, Life in this world is difficult. I mean, just... Getting up this morning, coming to church, this is a challenge to that. And when you face tough stuff, others can stand beside you and help you, encourage you along the way. Supporting one another is one of the core elements of the Christian faith. I love this verse. I use it a lot at weddings. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for, what, for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Hands down, over the last 30 plus years, my best encourager has been my wife. Best encourager. There are times when we were first married and and I got out of the Marine Corps and I was in combat arms, okay? I don't know what kind of job I could get after, get out of the Marines, kill people. You know, it's like, I'm going to be a mercenary. How did I apply, you know, apply that? It's like, okay, so uh, what did you do? Well, I trained to kill people. I mean, I'm saying, you know, it's the military. I mean, what are you supposed to do? You defend the country, amen? And so I, I was just hard. This was going back in the late 80s, finding jobs. It was a difficult time. And we were in Dallas and wanted to live there for, for about a year. And, 
I remember just pulling up with the car or her old diesel Delta 88. I can remember that thing just running with the smoke and she would just sit inside and say, it's okay, honey. And I would go in and try to find a job and talk, look, ask, knock on doors. And just, it was hours. And there was my encourager. She stayed there right with me. Wow. Other people can encourage you. Be that person. Amen. Another verse here in Acts uh, 2, 44 and 46 says, all the believers kept meeting together and they shared everything with each other. Now, hold on, I'll, I'll comment on that a moment. From time to time, they sold their property and other possessions. Did you, did you see that? So when it comes time for us to do a real big push with our church building, come on, I get an amen. Now, that's the time to sell your stuff, not bring it to the front of the church door and say, you know what, it's an old boat, has some holes in it, and that motor hasn't started in 15 years, but you can get some money for it. You sell the boat and give the money to the church. Amen. Because we all have stuff, right? We all have stuff we can get rid of. Just a little plug for the church, amen, because we're moving forward. From time to time, they sold their property and other possessions, and they distributed the money to anyone who needed it. Believers had a single purpose and went to the temple every day. My God, you know, church, you know, every week Sunday comes along, you know? Yeah, every week Sunday comes. But church, just once a week we meet we have other times that we meet in life groups and small groups. Tonight, there's a young and the rest of us. That's me. I'm part of that. That's over, whatever, 35. We meet. We don't get blown out, blizzard out. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a time where we can connect. We can, we can find out what's going on in each other's lives, and we can help each other. Amen? So they were joyful and humble as they ate each, at each other's homes and shared their food. Now, some people see this as entitlement, expecting others to take care of their needs without putting forth that effort to work and to grow themselves. But I, I, that's just a distortion of this principle. Jesus' plan for his body is that people help each other. And when the burdens are beyond their ability to carry them, <clears throat> that's, where, that's where the church, that's where God's people step in. You know, I think of the scripture in Philippians 2.27. Paul is speaking about Epaphroditus. And he calls him my brother, my fellow worker, and fellow soldier. Just think about that. He's my brother. A lot of times when I send a text or someone responds to me, amen, thank you, brother. I'm always a fist pump. My son keeps reminding me of that. Dad, that's a... And I said, well, I'll stop. And he goes, no, you're cast into that now. So you got a fist pump. So you change that. People are going to wonder what's going on with him. <clears throat> Social media, dear God. But Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier. Does that kind of give you a little sense of uh, a militancy <laughs> about our walk? Okay. I know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, but there's a fervency about that. There's, there's something there. Fellow worker, fellow soldier. And it says, in fact, he became so ill that he nearly died. Now, Paul was connected to this guy, he was a dear friend. Now watch this, it said, but God showed mercy on him, and not only to him, but also to me, so that I would not have grief upon grief. Without a show of hands in here this morning, how many have ever experienced grief upon grief? You lose a loved one, you lost a baby, you know, some horrible situation. <clears throat> I remember... I was called to the hospital of a lady, this is you know, over 12, 14 years ago, that delivered a baby full term, stillborn. And the moment the baby was born, 
she handed the baby to me. The baby was dead. And I just looked up and said, God, this is a good time for a miracle, it would be. You know what? There's grief upon grief in life. And this woman was surrounded by other believers right there in her darkest moment. Thank you. Amen. Amen. And when we isolate ourselves and cut ourselves off, many times you're alone. I have been to some funerals where I go, oh my goodness, I look around. And of course, they're not 90, 100 years old where all the people that they knew have died off, okay? Please understand what I'm saying. But I mean, it's just like, okay, there's nobody here. Wow. How many with me say amen? What am I trying to say? Uh, we all go through difficulty. We all go through it. Galatians 6.2 says, help carry each other's burdens. Somebody shout help. That's every single one of us. That's not going from pastoral orientation. You know what? I haven't seen so-and-so in a long time in church. Let me go call the pastor and tell him. No, you call and go visit that person. Amen? They say that with a smile, life-giving. Amen? You do that. You be the church. You help carry that. Because we're going to only stay a certain size of a church if I do everything. We will. But the more people have empowered, the greater our reach will be. Greater our reach will be. And God has three times the size of this church for us in the near future. I believe that. Amen? <clears throat> but we're, being, we're, we're, we're moving forward. So, Grief upon grief, we've all experienced that. Help carry each other's burden. Someone once said, pain shared is pain divided. Joy shared is joy multiplied. Amen? <clears throat> so what does it mean? It means us not being isolated, close enough to one another and so they can know what's going on in your life. And they can support you at times of prayer. There's numerous times people come to me, they explain to me a situation. Or, Have you heard of it? I'm like, no, I didn't. What's the name? How can we pray? They've been diagnosed with this terminal disease or whatever. And, and, and so that's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of the church. And that's the purpose of the body of Christ. We're not isolated. People can know. You know, how many of you know that just a practical help when needed is priceless? Right? It's priceless. So, um, <clears throat> moving right along with that, let me just continue on our third point here. How can other people inspire us? Well, I think about hold you accountable to grow. Hold you accountable. You know, my wife and I, we youth pastored for about 10 years. And then the last few years of that, we were senior pastoring, starting planting founders of Church for the Harvest in our living room. It was out in Ashby at the, the Destiny Church. At then it was called the Country Bible Church. Wonderful church, Pastor Steve and the people out there. Love them dearly and great relationship with them. But you know what? It forced me at age 27 to dig deep. Why? Because I knew on Wednesday nights, I had to have a message for these youth. And at one time, we had 100 youth coming out. We bust them in. I mean, it was the middle of nowhere out there. And that was a catalyst to help build that destiny center out there. But, but I remember Chad and Angie were part of that. We had a term. We called them touch pastors. We wouldn't use that term today, though. Would but at the time, you know, you're connected. You know what I mean? But not, not, you know, anyhow, moving right along. So, but, but they were there and they were faithful. Jeff Anderson was part of that with Penny. Penny would just, she, I would say, Penny here, you, you know, we have birthdays. She would write these cards out and then I would sign them and she just mailed them and wow, what a blessing. And then Jeff was right there. He's kind of like Aaron and her. He would do some current events thing and we did this for years. Who am I forgetting now? Did I forget? Who? 
Chris and Scott, they were just pastors. And they, actually, they went to Mardi Gras with us too. And that was a great time before they were married. And then after they came back, I think they got married. See, missions trips get people married. <laughs> you don't believe it? Ask uh, Andy Trumbull. Where's Andy? Is he in here? He's going to well, listen to this podcast. Andy's married. He's in here. He goes, I said, brother, go on a mission trip. He went on every single mission trip we had. And he came back. He goes, I'm still not married. I said, trust the Lord. He's already married now. Amen. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. But it forced me to dig deep. It, it forced me to become, watch this, an avid reader. How many know when you graduate high school, books and reading is not done? Amen. Some go, oh, I'm never touching a. No, a wise person grows themselves. All right? A wise person. And so I was forced in this, and it was good for me, and it kept me in this state of preparing messages. And, and then to, watch this, to live a life that's circumspect. Do you know what that means? Every, how, when I leave after today and, and I go home, Sunday's coming. Think of another Sunday. And you know what that does? It aligns you. It aligns you to go, you know what? People are counting on me. I have to walk. I can't be dancing in a nightclub in Minneapolis Thursday and Friday nights. Can I get an amen? And then they find me at some bar drunk or whatever. Oh, there's Pastor Mike. Yeah, I'll be ready on Sunday. Well, some of you didn't like that. But that's true. Amen? And so when you're, when you're in, if I could just say this, you're just in the game. You got skin in the game. It, it causes you to live a life that's circumspect. Say, so you know what? People are counting on me. I just can't be bothered with all this crazy stuff. Amen? Hold you accountable to grow. Hold you accountable to grow. And, and when I find that, that people go off the deep end, uh, the first thing I think is as well, in, in some cases, is this, they didn't have any friends. I think of just now the, in the news, national, which is very sad, another uh, national pastor, James McDonald, pastor of the church for over 30 years. It was the Harvest Bible Chapel in Illinois. 12,000-member church. He had a number of campuses everywhere. They just fired him. Why? It says the, 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 the caption says that he engaged in conduct contrary and harmful to the best interests of the church. Church elders just found out that he had accumulated $42 million in church debt. And none of the trustees knew about it. How can that happen? <laughs> it, I mean, it's like, we don't get away with nothing here. Everything is circumspect here at Harvest. Amen? It's all accounted for. But, but why? Because I've got people in my life, and I've got contacts, and I've got people speaking into me, and, 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 and I'm not a lone ranger. Are you? Are you a lone ranger? All alone, by yourself. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? Isn't that right? <laughs> Is that the right one? Him? Yeah, okay. Just got to make sure my movie's correct. <clears throat> you know, here's the thing about, we can deceive ourselves easily. So how do you know, Pastor Mike? Well, let me ask you this question. Do crazy people know that they are crazy? <laughs> well, then how do you know you're not crazy? <laughs> hey, the thing about deception is it's deceiving. Right? I've said that before numerous times. It's deceiving. And those that are struggling to overcome maybe an addiction, maybe it's alcohol, drugs, or some sexual vice, and almost universally find that, watch this, close personal connections 
are absolutely essential developing a life of sobriety in freedom. And it's a people that are kind of long ranges. They're out there on their own. They don't attend a church. They're not plugged into family. Nobody knows them. Listen, if you come to this church and, and you screw up and you mess up, we are here for you. Did you get that? We are here for you. Now, if you do something crazy and you rob a bank or whatever, we love you, but you're going to jail. <laughs> Okay, and we can visit you in jail. And I've visited a number of people. I've had them call and they're, I've got a DWI pastor. All right, I'll come. I'll pray with you through the glass, you know. But you got to pay your time, amen? How many with me say amen? So, but close personal connections. You know what? We should be aware. We should be concerned about our Christian friends that start to drift. They start to drift. Maybe some of you feel that even now, this, this drifting. See, when, when there are people that are close to you, <clears throat> then they can, they can call out the things in our life in a life-giving way. <clears throat> Any foolishness. You know, there's times I've thought just or acted foolishly in a situation, and I thought, I shouldn't have acted that way. I regret that. Has anyone ever done that in here, okay? I mean, we all, that, that, that's all of us. But, but close friends, they can help you. They can help you along the way. They're like I taught a series years ago, guardrails. You know, they're on the side of the road. They're there to protect you. <clears throat> you can plow through a guardrail, but they're there to keep you on the straight and narrow. How many understand what I'm saying? Say amen. So hold you accountable. Celebrate when you grow in the things of God. You say, well, yeah, I, I know, I, I know, I get it. I see, I see everything that's going on in my life, Pastor, and <clears throat> I'm good to go. <clears throat> you know what, friends? We all have blind spots in our life. Blind spots limit our ability to receive feedback well. Blind spots are filters that limit our ability to see what other people see and in turn hinder our behavior and our ability to interpret information. That's very interesting with blind spots. <clears throat> you say, well, I don't know. I don't think I have any blind spots. Let me ask you this. How many of you can see the back of your head? No. That's why we need godly relationships. God gives you two eyes in the front, but other people can see. And what happens is, is when we're isolated, we're disconnected, or we're kind of drifting, and we're not connected to things of God, and we're just kind of just busy, busy, and Lord willing, I'll, I'll address that, that what are some things that just take away from our time for the things of God, and we need to be aware of that. But, <clears throat> but let me just say this, this type of accountability <clears throat> must be filled with grace. It's not micromanaging somebody's life. And we've heard this before, and this isn't some, some super discipleship type new revelation. No, it's being involved in people's lives. You know, over the past 25 years, my wife and I, <clears throat> we've been involved in uh, relationships, and some of them have been influential in this community and in, in, in other areas. And I have received godly counsel from them, and my wife has, but I've also been able to speak into those people's lives. And you, when you're at that position, you go, wow, okay, uh, Lord, I need your wisdom in this situation. I need to know what to do to, 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 to uh, speak wisely. How may I understand that? Say amen. And so um, it's not micromanaging. I mean, if you the type of person who want to run around, bark orders, you need to go be a drill instructor, okay? That's your, your call. But intentional mentoring relationships, what is that? That's just getting connected into a Bible study, small groups, church on Sunday. All of these things can provide an environment for transformation and spiritual growth that's more powerful than just about anything else. Now, I'm almost finished here. Let me just get to my last point. Number four, 
follow me as I follow after Christ. How can others, how can godly people help us? Provide for you a reason to grow. Investing in spiritual growth for your own benefit would be good enough. In other words, you just having your own Bible study and reading your Bible in the morning, these things are important. Let me just sidetrack off of this. I don't want to ask a show of hands. Someday I might. You've been forewarned. Ready? How many of you read through the Bible, cover to cover, at least once? Don't raise your hand. It's always a sobering moment. <laughs> we want to get around to it. See, every single Christian needs daily Bible instruction. I don't mean that in the works. I don't mean that in a legalistic way. You're busy, you got kids, kids are sick, you got this, kids running around here. Okay, you, you missed a day or two or whatever. That's okay, begin again. There's no condemnation. You think God's mad at you? How many of you know that he doesn't need the word, we do? He doesn't need, oh, I gotta get my word. He is the word, amen? We need it. So I wanna challenge you, like, oh, wow, that just kind of hit me right here. Praise the Lord. Um, he's gonna ask that again. Yes, I am, someday with a show of hands. And I'd like to see this whole congregation go, yes, at least once, at least once, amen? We need God's word. <clears throat> but on your own, humanly speaking, you just, you, know, you just have your kind of only me, myself, and I. Sometimes that can be, that can be empty, and what am I trying to say? Jesus did not only save you from something, he saved you for something. Did you get that? He didn't just save us from something, he saved us for something. What is that? Hence, in equipping church we are, to help equip you to discover what that is. But that something always involves others in need in some way. You know, let me, I was just thinking about this this morning, about this message, and I thought, okay, what is the pull of the world? And, and I, I, I think I got it down. This is something that, as I was praying, all right. The pull of the world is this, you ready? It's, it's, it's along one word, self-centeredness. That's the pull of the world. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? A self-centered person is excessively concerned with himself, his own needs. His, he is selfish. They are self-absorbed, self, uh, self, selfish individuals. God has not called our Christian walk to be one of self-centeredness. It's others. It's others helping, reaching out, working to bless others, <clears throat> blessing them. You press in, you help others. You know that your influence has an impact on others, like a parent realizing the child is watching and copying everything they do. Those around you are getting an impression of who God is as a result of you. And so hence, we have this question. The question becomes, what is the impact of your life on others. You say, I don't know, Pastor Mike, because I am isolated. You can end that today. I said, you can end that today. You can stop that today and you can begin again. You can get on a cycle of growth. You can get a cycle of moving forward. How many hear me say amen? <clears throat> and so, so our, our impact is either positive or negative. Let me just say this. Let me just interject. I don't know why I just feel the need to say that. Your past screw-ups do not disqualify you. Amen. Oh, I made so many mistakes. Oh, I screwed up. Oh, I was this. Oh, I was that. Get through that in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're here to help you to get through that. See, coming to church is not try to be on your best behavior. Coming to church is because God is worthy. Yeah. 
He's holy. He is God. He created us. He's worthy of our worship towards him. He's worthy. That's why I don't come and see, what am I going to get? A lot of times, you know, you think, oh, we want to receive. And maybe we don't receive everything that we got. It doesn't matter. You were there. You were praising him. You were worshiping. God saw your posture. He, he knows your heart. Amen? Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. So what do we do? So what if you're not involved in those kind of personal relationships right now? Well, as I said earlier, you are isolated and we are open for Satan's attack on our life. You're only isolated if you choose to be. Now, this doesn't mean that connecting with people is the easiest and, and it's always quick. You have to, watch this, invest in intentional effort. Say that to me, say intentional, intentional. effort. You know, when I train for powerlifting meets, I have to set aside time. And for me at my age, it takes about six months, okay? Some guys are like 12 weeks out, you know, I'll be in shape. <clears throat> me, it's a lot longer. But I have to, worship team, you can come forward. I have to have intentional effort that I got a bench, I got a deadlift, and I have to squat at least three times a week, each of those. How many hear what I'm saying? Some of you hate, uh, uh, uh. but to me, I, I just do it. I have to eat right. Amen. I got, I've got to, you know, have my protein. I have to, I have intentional. And so everything else kind of comes secondary. Why? Because that's my intentional effort. If I'm going to compete, that day is coming. And when I come to do that deadlift, I don't want to be all flat. I want to be ready for that. It's the same thing in our faith. And it's the same thing when it's about relationships, relationships, you say, what do you mean intentional effort? How can I be? Well, here's a start, and this doesn't pertain to any of you because you're here this morning. But for those that are listening, and, and, and please, let that be. I feel like I have to temper everything. Great. Some of you, they're, they're blowed in snow. They can't get out. Poor Don Rackster. The whole road is blown in. I mean, but, but in general, please hear what I'm saying, okay? Make it a priority, attend church. Let's say that again. Make it a priority to attend church. If you're visiting here today, attend your local church. Make it a priority. Make it a priority to be a giver. God blessed you with an ability to work with your hands, your mind, your body. Be a giver. Be a giver. Amen? I don't have much. It doesn't matter. We read about a widow and the widow's might, and she's recorded in the Bible, but she gave of her need, okay? doesn't matter the amount, okay? It matters your heart posture. How many with me say amen? You know, attend a life group. And he's like, well, there's nothing really that's connecting with me. Start a life group. Start it in your home. Invite people over. Well, nobody came. Okay, let's start something else. Do something else. Let's try something else. Let's not quit. Let's continue to press in. You know, let me just say this about podcasts. Podcasts are good, but podcasts are not a substitute for church personal contact. Every day on my refrigerator, and my wife, I have them lined up. I have all these vitamins. <laughs> it's like, oh, I need to start taking my vitamins. You know, at my age, you need to. Anyhow, so so I have my protein drink in the morning. I have all my vitamins, and one of them is just a, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I, something for my liver to help keep things clean and every everything healthy. Everything, vitamin C, right? Just typical. So I just take those out and I put them back in and I, have, and I probably have about a dozen. Yeah, and it's probably anaphylactic shock by the time I take all of them, you know? And it's like, but, 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 
I drink my protein drink and I'm fine until about an hour or so later, I feel like I'm gonna puke if I don't eat anything solid. See, that's like church and podcast. See, podcasts, you know, are like vitamins. They're good for you. You need them, amen? But we need personal touch. We need to see somebody. We need to be around. We need to put our arm around. We need to be able to pray for somebody. We need to stand with somebody and they're going through something. And you just live off of, well, I'm just going to do, you know, I, I do church online. What is that? What is that? I mean, okay, maybe it's reaching some people, but there's no personal connection. Come on, are you with me here this morning? Hallelujah. God's not called us to be nauseous. Amen? Ready to puke. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us be concerned for one another to help one another to show love and to do good. Tremendous verse. Let us, let us, practical steps. <clears throat> you know, well, first thing you do is you can pray. Say, Lord, open my eyes. Show me. Show me the people you need to connect with. That's a great prayer right there. Both those you can help and those that can help you. Show me, Lord. Call or text somebody every day. Nancy has her, her Bible study and, and it just thrives and with these ladies and, and my wife has attended it and she does a great job. And I just thought, what does she do? And I goes, oh, she's texting the ladies throughout the week. She's encouraging them. That's why. Amen? That's why. Someone cares. And it's not pastoral orientation. What pastor? Did you know we haven't? You reach out. You be the church. Amen? My job is to lift up. Yeah, I'll be there in crisis and tragedy, and I'm on deck here every Sunday, but you're going to see more and more people seeing them discover their gift. Amen? Get connected. Get connected. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to close with this verse right here as we pray. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Watch this. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Imitate it. Every head bowed, please. You're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I am isolated. I am cut off. I'm cut off. Well, the first step is recognizing you're cut off. Say, I don't really have any. It's like just me and my family or whatever, or a couple of people, and I don't really have anyone connected to. We're easily easy prey from the enemy seeking whom he may devour like a lion roaming about we want to stop that today we want to end that we want to end that hallelujah say pastor that's me I, I just I'm disconnected and I'm not right with God and I need to get right today's a great day today is a day that you could get right with God and you could be born again and you could receive eternal life and you can begin your faith journey I say, Pastor, how do I do that? It starts with a simple prayer. It's a very costly prayer, but it's a simple prayer of the free gift of salvation. If that's you, let's pray together corporately and also watching by television or audio. Say to me, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. I give you my life. Now take it. Thank you for saving me. Forgive me of my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it right where you're at. And you can begin your faith Thank journey. you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. 
My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.